Welcome to Everyday Animism, a weekly podcast exploring all things animism, particularly how animism impacts everyday life. The podcast is hosted by Kelly Harrell, Brandis Schnabel, and Janet Roper. Let's dive in. Welcome. Hello. You sound lovely this time. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. Just waiting on Janet to pop in. I'm here. There she is. How are you? Good. Better than last we spoke. Oh, isn't yeah. that the truth? Wowzers. <laughs> yeah, that was not fun. Mm-mm. No, uh-uh. we've all had a bout of it. Yeah, so we live in three completely different states. And uh, we met last week to talk about like going forward, scheduling things out a little bit. Um, but we have basically missed a couple weeks of recording because all three of us managed to get a bug. So... At the same time. (laughs) And now we're pretty much bugless, I think. Yes. As bugless as it gets, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, we were talking last week, uh, for those of you listening, about sort of addressing how we experience that sort of thing animistically. So in terms of not long-term illness or chronic illness or, you know, major, um, you know, life-changing type illness, but you know, the common cold kind of experience and how maybe we experience that a little differently as animists, even compared to how we might have experienced it, not consciously animists. (laughs) Like unconscious animists. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, what are we like now intentionally? Because it's, I mean, we've kind of talked about, there's animism that just is, and there's, you know, consciously or like, knowingly participating in that relationship so yeah it's a little different now maybe I think so mm-hmm. I think so I agree with that yeah and I think for me and in terms of like short-term illness I think the biggest thing that has changed for me in respecting or sort of understanding my body as its own entity um, and as this being that I need to take care of among the other aspects of me um I find that I immediately recognize a need to look at um, the workload, the energy, the energy stores I have available based on whatever's moving its way through my body. Um, Not in a gross way, but just like germ wise, you know, what's, um, you know, what, what portion of that is taking I don't have. Um, or energy that I would otherwise have for other things. And I immediately dial back a lot sooner, having sort of gained a more respectful relationship with my body as its own specific factor in, in my life. I guess, I mean, I think part of my confusion around that is because I do have chronic stuff that that can be really significant. And I can't always tell the difference at first. Like right. when I first begin getting sick with something, whether it's seasonal allergies, which is a whole lot less defined than it used to be. It used to have really clear borders and timing. Um, but also, and I don't know if this is me personally or just kind of the human plight right now, but the common cold doesn't have the same boundaries that it, it used to have. And so I don't always recognize those things for what they are at first. And so 
I just assume that I do have to push through and keep going. It, it's, I'm, I have still haven't learned well, how to distinguish that and what those boundaries are. And so mm -hmm. for me, it's in the hindsight of going, okay, I just have to recognize that something doesn't feel well right now. I don't have to name it. I don't have to know what it is, but I still need to understand what my boundary is on when to keep going and when I need to start just completely dialing back. That's really hard to do. Yeah. And I, I mean, really compounded by chronic illness as well. So I mean, it, there is always that direction to like, if you can't, don't, like if you literally can't, don't, but there's also that when it's a short-term sort of transient, you know, a, a cold sort of thing, there's an ability to dial back in a different way, knowing that you'll get to dial back up, I yeah. guess. Is that kind of part of it? Yeah, I, I think that's well said. What about you, Janet? Well, I noticed with this bout of the bug that it was totally different from any bouts I've had before in the way that I reacted to it. I'm not sure if I should call it an it or he or a she, but into to the bug. Um, and there was a learning curve for me. And part of it was learning not to listen to the voices in my head from growing up of, you know, oh, you're not sick. You can just soldier right through this. Just pull yourself up by the bootstraps and, you know, um, you have to be throwing up before you're really sick. And not listening to that voice, but listening to the voice of the bug and also listening to the voice of the body, trying to balance what the two of those needed as much as possible. Now, the learning curve was that um, I still found myself going back into the old Janet ways, which, if, you know, that's normal. Like I said, it's a learning curve, <laughs> but it wasn't as often. Um, and I found that I could give more credence both to what the bug was saying and what to my body was saying than I remember doing when I've had any kind of bug before. Yeah, I think I'm, a, I'm able to give myself more grace. And so the boundary I set, it isn't always perfect. Like I hear you too, Janet, and that like sometimes you get in the, that old mindset of like, you got to push through, you know, I was raised like, I mean, you had to be dying to stay home mm -hmm. from school and, right. and that kind of thing. And, and I've also lived you know, within means where like, I couldn't afford not to go to work. Exactly. That's, exactly. That's a huge part of it too. It's, you know, it's not to be, you know, you can't throw out that factor either. Um, but it, and I feel like it's, it's just maybe more forgiving when I'm able to be in a conscious headspace of where I simply can't at, at the same level. Like maybe I still do drag myself a day back, you know, a day sooner back to work than I should but I'm able to kind of look at where my boundaries are with it. You know, what can I realistically get done? What needs done versus what do I usually get done? And I think too, um, I like what you were saying, Janet, about listening to the body and the bug and, and the relationship between them and recognizing where sometimes illness um, in terms of, you know, we're talking short term, you know, like a fever, um, you know, having a daughter and, and recognizing that sometimes where I may give Tylenol too readily, I'm, you know, I'm preventing a fever process that is ultimately healing and is, you know, the body's trying to take care of it for her. And it, it allows me to also kind of let, let go of those reins as well to kind of let the body be sick sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And allow it to take care of itself. 
it's really difficult because it, at least in the time frame that I have been in the capacity of soul healing, it's hard. It, it's a fine line because there's this perspective of, you know, healer, heal thyself. And yet when you're stupid, sick, you can't, and you're not supposed to be able to. And I think right. that's a component of the spiritual healing community that gets lost. There's this sort of like carte blanche, you know, you create your own reality crap where if you're sick, then you can fix it. And the body doesn't exist in that realm. It doesn't work that right. way for right. the body. And so it, it's a very different process. It's a different timing. And I find that the times that I have really probably exhausted myself unnecessarily were when I was still trying to do my soul stuff when I was just dead sick, just, just had no business doing any of that. Mm -hmm. And kind of the ironic overlay of that is if the body's not well, the soul stuff doesn't work. And that's a, that's right. a component right. of new age teaching that gets left out. Nobody really talks about that. Well, and sometimes trusting the body is about trusting that it has done what it can. And now you need outside intervention. Yeah. Like in another day and time, like you would have just died. You know, I mean, it, right. you know, there's a point at which like, okay, this is a fever that would have killed a community. So it's time to embrace the fact that we have modern medicine. And, and sometimes the body is saying like, I'm done. I did all the stuff I could do. Now you need help. And sometimes we throw that out with that narrative of like heal or heal thyself or, or, you know, that whole, we can't always will ourselves toward anything really. I mean, you know, we're talking about illness, right. you know, toward, toward wellness, but I mean, in anything we, <laughs> there's a limit to how much we can just let the body take the reins. At some point we may have to face whether doing that results in really severe consequences. Right. I, I agree with you on that. So the, um, you know, what you were saying, Kelly, about when you're ill, when you're, you know, physically ill, the soul stuff, you know, your animistic relationships probably don't work or they work differently or they're lessened or you just can't show up for them, period. Um, how do how do you two kind of grapple with returning back into some of those relationships when you've had to just kind of throw them aside? And be in the thick of sick. I think probably the the most um, ego sobering aspect of it is that it all goes on without you. Yeah, <laughs> it, it all just keeps yes. right on. And that can be that can be really wonderful to see, or it can be really difficult to see because in you know my experience with nature spirits is they are kind of fickle, not because they're just difficult, but because they exist in a different timing and a different physical and spiritual expression than we do. And we, we just automatically always think everything is on our schedule and our, our level of projection and understanding, and it's not. And so there can be a need to court those relationships again. I mean, not, not like a total breakup, but there's a need for you to say, okay, I'm back and I'm here to, to show up again. And, you know, what's needed, how do I fit into the circle? Yeah. And I, for me, I, 
find comfort in the fact that it goes on without me a lot of the time, because I think there's a lot of ego in associating guilt with that. Cause like, I don't, I don't know that I've not experienced my experience of my animistic relationship with the world around me nature wise is that there isn't a guilt trip to be had. And, and yes, just stepping back up and saying I'm back or I'm here and allowing that to rebuild or just start again, or it's not about like making an amends in a way or it is much less than I think it will be, you know, like I feel like the universe isn't looking to ding people for having a cold. I think that's hard to internalize when you've come from this ethic of show up, damn it. Like, you know, no matter what, that you are expected to to go to school or go to work or earn the money or whatever. I think that that can be really difficult to relax into when it comes to spiritual relationships because it's it's still ego at work it you know even when you show up and go oh my god I'm so sorry I was sick for two weeks and what do you need I mean there's still this undertone of this is about me Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and it takes practice go ahead Brandy sorry go ahead Janet Mm -hmm. Um, it takes practice to get over that that it's about me particularly it's your body you know, and when you look at it through a one dimension, it's my body. So, of course, it's about me, except that it's not. And it's really expanding our um, vision so that we can get past that ego and past that it's all about me, which takes practice. When I go back. It's- whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. <laughs> go ahead. I'm just going to say, when, when I get back and meet with um, my body and the bug again, it's like, let's get caught up. Tell me, tell me what I've missed here. You know, mm-hmm. oh, like over a cup of tea, literally. <laughs> yeah. And I think too, that um, there's the complicating factor of like, you know, nature, outdoor nature, you know, that, you know, the land spirits that we, we interact with, you know, that's one homecoming, but then, it, that narrative is complicated by where, you know, your coworkers are pissed that you are off work and, or you came back to work sick and they're pissed at you about that. Or, you know, you had to, you know, making the decision about the sick kid. It's like, sometimes they've got to go to school so that you can go to work or they have to not have a fever for 24 hours before they can go back to school. And so you have to make compromise decision or maybe just a slightly different decision about the Tylenol or the you know it the there is some ego and there is some guilt in how those relationships work out when they involve other humans and like the financial system that we exist in that I think sometimes we project that onto like showing back up for the tree in our backyard Or maybe it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just you. No, I don't think so. So how are we, um, you know, we've all, we all got knocked down by some, some kind of bug going around. How has everyone done the re, the reintegration, gotten back on, on track? I, I mean, with the podcast, we got together still, you know, we were all still starting to feel better. Um, but we all just 
sat down and kind of regrouped, which I, I found really helpful. I feel like a lot more grounded today than I did the last time we recorded. Um, how, how else have you two kind of reintegrated back into life after short-term sickness? I'm still doing it simply because I usually tend to push and do and do and do and do and do. And this time I decided I'm just taking it easy. I'm just going to do as slow as my body. I don't feel the bug anymore, but my body still needs time to recuperate, to be herself. So instead of t letting my brain take over, if I've got to do this and this and this and this, um, I'm just listening to what my body has the energy for and what she feels like doing. And it's really a new experience for me and it's difficult, but I'm still swimming through it, so to speak, not always successful but I think more successful than I would have been last year at this time or a year mm -hmm. ago. I'm still recovering. I mean, I, I'm definitely past the significant point of it, but it takes me usually a lot longer than is the standard to get past <coughs> things, especially when it's something respiratory. So in some ways I feel like I'm still recovering, but mm -hmm. I'm having to, I don't know. I'm doing this dance of huge push to get things done because I have a book release next week, but at the same time realizing, okay, this is what I, these are the spoons I actually have. <laughs> and this is what I have to give at this point. So still a lot of boundary setting and finding ways to get things done more concisely. It's not the detail yes. that I would normally do or that I would ideally like to do but it's done yeah let some things happen imperfectly or in kind of an abbreviated way I do that too and I also look I look a lot more at delegating when I'm taken down a notch by by an illness I think I'm still kind of getting over it too it was interesting because I had not you know I've I've definitely toned down the work and you know, made space for where I don't have as much energy. Um, but I didn't get sick enough that I needed to not be at work or that I, you know, that I needed to cancel clients or anything. Um, but I noticed this time of year, I always tend to get like a late season cold that then comes with like an eight week cough. And yes. I had forgotten until I had a moment to really yesterday, I had no plans, nothing to do. It was really just kind of sitting with my body, letting it rest and I remembered that last year when this happened, I realized that we have this really dry house. We have radiant heat. We don't have, um, we don't have a furnace or anything like that. So we have electric heat and our house is really dry, staticky and dry. And that I needed a humidifier in our bedroom for this cough to go away last time. And it was like, oh, I needed to slow down enough to remember what helped my body before. And last year, I feel like was the first year that I, I learned to be consciously sick, uh, like aware of and paying attention to the process. And even a year later, it's like, I still need to remember to kind of go back to what I've discovered works and what my body has already told me in the past. Um, so I made a plan to drag out the humidifier today. And um, it's also interesting to observe how being sick now you know, I'm in a private practice where I make my, my schedule, I schedule people versus when I worked in a hospital setting and I, 
I had a set schedule and I had to make decisions about calling off, you know, did I have the time to call off? Did I have enough points to be reprimanded? Blah, blah, blah. There was that whole system and its own stressors. (laughs) And then now it's the, you know, I have the privilege of being able to shift appointments, you know, potentially push a few appointments further back in the week and still make income. But then I have to do all of that while sick. And so there's this, it's interesting to experience it from these different vantage points in my life of like being able to acknowledge the illness and be consciously in it and allow it to be, but also still a part of systems that don't allow me to just spend a day in bed. Even when I spend a day in bed, I have to reschedule all of my clients myself. So it's, um, it's interesting how we live in that kind of world where even when you do respect your body and what it's going through, our culture frequently doesn't. Right. If ever, really, if ever. Right. If ever, yeah. I have a question for the two of you is what recommendation would you have for someone who really wants to be in an animistic relationship with the bug and with their body and what's going on, but still doesn't have, I'm going to use the word luxury of being able to stay home sick. How do you manage that? Hmm. I mean, I guess it depends on what you mean by, you know, wanting to have the, I mean, you have the relationship inherently already, I guess if it's reconciling it or finding the positive, I don't know that you have to do that. I mean, sometimes the relationship sucks and it's allowed to just suck. I mean, and it's allowed to be imperfect. You know, I, I sometimes, you know, even now when I do have to kind of do some things, even though I'm sick, you know, I, I do kind of talk to my body now and say, I, I get it. We've got, we're low, <laughs> you know, the tank's low, but I, I can't completely shut off right now. I'll, I will get us there, but like, I've got to get through this first. And I mean, that's just a tough, it's a tough, it's a tough thing. I have those conversations every day because of the the chronic stuff that I deal with. And when it comes down to, I mean, they all have identifiable life forces, whether it's something chronic or something that is just acute right now in the moment. They all have distinct life forces, these afflictions or conditions. And I I stay in communication with them all the time. And it, it sounds like what you're asking, Janet, is when the condition is saying, no, I said stay home. And you're like, no, I don't have that option. Right. Um, I, they don't have grief with me about it. it. They understand. But I also understand that I can collapse. <laughs> you know, like I can say I have to go to work and they go, OK, I hear you. But this is the reservoir that we have. So, right. I mean, it's a trade-off, just like in any other exchange or relationship. It, it's a negotiation that is constant. Yeah. And, it, and it's an imperfect one. It's like, yeah, you can set the boundary of like, I can't stay home. But yeah, your body can say, well, that's fine. But like you said, you're going to pass out in about three hours. And at least then work will have real perspective on why you can't be there. I don't know. But um, I think that long, well, and I for me, when it, when we're talking about short-term illness, I mean, sometimes I, I almost picture it like a visitor that came in with not a ton of warning. 
know, like somebody who comes and visits you and like you, they didn't give you enough notice to take time off work or, uh, or you still had some obligations that you couldn't shift around. And it's like, okay, I get that you're here, but like, you're not the only thing here. And I have these other responsibilities and I'm going to tend to you the best I possibly can, but sometimes you're going to get neglected because something else can't be. And I like that analogy, Brandy, of having a visitor that came unannounced or with short notice. Uninvited guest. What? The uninvited guest. It's a a significant um, archetype that flows through a lot of Old Norse mythology. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I, you know, and, and that's why I think, you know, we've talked about other ways of talking about, you know, the animistic relationship with the body. And that's where I think when it comes to chronic illness, that's a different conversation. That's not a, those aren't guests, right? No, they're not. Yeah. That's, that's a tough realization to come into. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's why it's good to kind of have those I like that we're all like oh we're back and I everybody has coughed in the background at least once (laughs) sorry about that (laughs) raising my hand on that one (laughs) oh no I did too earlier it's just you know we're all still easing back into it but um I really appreciate where the three of us having you know some type of illness you know transient sniffly bug coughing bug at the same time you know it did produce this conversation so I'm glad to have had it as a topic because I I mean we're heading into a season where that's what's going to start happening is we've all got a cold or we've got you know and how do you incorporate that into in you know in the way that we've last time we talked about shadow not everything we have relationship with you know it's not always a welcome relationship or it's not always solely beneficial. So I'm, I'm glad we were able to at least I love yank this an episode out of it. <laughs> what was that, Janet? I love this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So any, do you, any, sorry, do ahead, you Tom. ladies talk to your, your medications also, the, the things that you take, whether it's supplements or stuff do you talk to those in your process of of hunkering down and healing i tend to avoid medication uh at least in terms of like this type of stuff i I tend to avoid it so yeah i think there's more of a conversation that's a good question because i think the conversation i end up having is reconciling that i'm introducing medication to the body so i don't know that i do always engage in a in a communication with the thing I'm introducing itself that's a really interesting question Kelly because I realized that I don't have conversations with the medications but I have conversations with supplements Hmm. that was an eye-opener for me Hmm. so what's uh what's our parting wisdom for uh those heading into sniffly animist season. <laughs> I think it's honor your boundaries as always, because even your boundaries are living things. Yeah. And as able. Yeah. And forgive where those boundaries need to be flexible. 
and be kind to yourself and the body and and the bug and the bug if you can um, and the things that you might need to put in your body to make it well to understand that those things are useful in their own way (laughs) and to be respected too because a lot of that stuff you know you take the -the over-the-counter cold remedies you know they come with side effects and all that kind of thing so there's respect to be had there too um yeah and buy tissues (laughs) (laughs) and get a humidifier Sooner than I did. You can't, you can't do that here. That doesn't work here. You'll cough your brains out. <laughs> do you have to use a dehumidifier, Kelly? Um, there have been occasions where we discussed doing that, but um, here, when you use a humidifier, things start growing in new places. That I can believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this time of year, we have to. It it has to be kept very clean because it's it's so humid. It's like 94 degrees here today. The heat index is like 102 or something. Um, but it's thick. It's the humidity yeah. is pretty, pretty bad. This is, so yeah, if we go ahead. If we get it out. If we get it out, I'll definitely have to make sure it gets cleaned thoroughly and repeat cleaned. This is what I find interesting. Each one of us lives in different parts of the country. Each one of us had a bug and the weather has been so different. I mean, I'm in layers today. You're in layers of clothing? I'm in layers of clothing, yeah. I've got the window and the French door open, so there's a wonderful breeze coming through, but it's chilly. Wow. I don't know. It's, it's smothering here today. Yeah. I went to leave. There, there are schools that don't have air conditioning here that are canceling school this Holy week buckets. because of the heat, because it's so oppressively humid and hot. I walked out. <laughs> I even told a client this earlier. I was like, I was thinking of going out for lunch earlier today and I took one step out the door and was like, well, fuck this. No, that's, yeah. I have pieces in my purse and that's, that'll yeah, be fun. It's really hard. And I'd be surprised if we didn't have snow by the end of the week. Oh Damn. my gosh, Janet, please send that my way. I love snow. Not, not right here in Missoula, but in higher altitudes. I love the snow. Yeah, me too. That's why I'm here. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's, I think we about covered it on the sniffly animism. I'm going to still call it that because I'm going to try and look up some fun uh, booger emojis or something. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. Um, anybody have anything else? Next week we're talking, I can tell you what we're talking about next week because we made a schedule. Uh, next week is animism and divination. We're going to talk about Kelly's book that's coming out next week. Mm. It's going to be really exciting. Get really my copy next week. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited. I'm excited, but it's just uh, holy mackerel. I can bet that. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. I'm excited so, about seeing you guys today. Yes. It's good to get to talk again. I miss doing the podcast. It's, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. The podcast itself is kind of its own little missed friend over the past few weeks and i also realized or appreciated that all of us being sick last week it gave us the time to take a different route and plot things out mm-hmm. yeah i, I really yeah that was really that. great yeah 
That was good. So stay tuned for much more organized scheduling of these amazing podcast episodes. <laughs> and um, thank you, wonderful women, for talking about your sniffles. <laughs> and we will see all of you next week. Take good thank care. You. See you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening this week. If you'd like more information on Kelly, Brandis, or Janet, or to listen to past episodes of our podcast, get some more information on our resource page, you can find all of those tidbits at everydayanimism.tumblr.com. See you next week.